Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Bonjour, bonjour, happy day. Ah, I'm in New Jersey getting ready to go to Arizona. So next week I'll be in Arizona. And uh, it's snowing here. I'm getting ready for that big cold snap here. And uh, I'm very blessed today. We are very blessed today to have as our guest, uh, I don't know how many times David Hoffmeister's been on the, the radio broadcast here, but certainly about once a year, so five, six times. And uh, so happy to have David with us today. Welcome, David. Thank you, Jennifer. It's always a joy to come on your show. Indeed. We, we love our conversations, our opportunities to get together are uh, not frequent enough, but we have a good time when we get the opportunity. So I'm going to start us off with a prayer, like I always do. I'm going to invite everyone to place their hand on their heart and take a deep breath of love and gratitude. We're just so grateful that we're joining together with that higher Holy Spirit self, that true identity of perfect wholeness. So grateful to come together and recognize that we're already free, we're already perfect, we're already as holy as holy can be. And we are grateful to partner up with that higher Holy Spirit self, partner up with our divinity, consciously connect and commune for the purpose of our healing, our expansion, our awakening awareness. So grateful to make an offering of all limited thoughts and beliefs, any sense of lack. We're giving it to the spirit for healing. And we are grateful to know that our conversation is a divine dialogue. It's a blessed conversation, a blessed event in the infinite mind of God. And we welcome the healing that's happening right here, right now. We're transcending time and space to be together, to remember the truth that is our liberation. In gratitude, we share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So, uh, David's in Mexico. I'm in New Jersey. Uh, probably not snowing where you are, David, but (laughs) 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 I love that we can transcend time and space to be together and, and join together and inviting everyone who's listening whenever you're listening years from now or, or with us live, uh, to, consciously choose the the healing that we are intending by joining together and David Hoffmeister and I have known each other I don't know since maybe 2011 and um, we I think our first conversation ended up being ours we just became friends instantly and like attracts like I I so, so deeply admire David and appreciate him and his teachings. And um, 
You know, I was saying in my Masterful Living class last night that uh, it used to be when I would, uh, back in the 90s, let's say, and I'd be sitting at the Agape International Spiritual Center listening to some spiritual teacher teaching, I'd sit there with my arms crossed across my chest, my legs crossed, like totally defensive posture, and I'd be thinking, I know that, I know that. I know that. And um, I, I, I remember so clearly when we were doing the retreat in Baja, Mexico, uh, just there was an, a little aha because you were speaking and uh, I said, uh, and, and as you were speaking, telling the truth, as you always do, uh, I was out loud saying, yes, thank you, yes. Say it like it is, you know, and and that kind of thing. And um, that's it was just a little aha that uh, when we actually know the truth versus thinking intellectually that we understand it. When we just understand it intellectually, we don't know it. There's a gap between the two. And. When we know the truth, when anyone speaks the truth, it lights us up. You know, it's just like a, a, a beautiful upliftment. And, and so that's always what I feel when we have a chance to be together and talk, that it's a conversation about the truth, which is always nourishing, reviving to the spirit. It's healing. It's expansive. It's everything we could wish it to be. And that, that's the thing about the truth. And so um, I had no intention of saying that. I, I don't prepare usually remarks to say. But um, what do you think about that, David? Yeah, I agree. It's a, it's a recognition because I, I think with the spiritual journey, so to speak, you can't really be a dabbler. I know for both of us that we're in such happiness and joy. And um, when we wake up in the morning, we... We, we do have a, a sparkle in our eye and we're looking forward to extending. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a job. And it's not just one little aspect of our life. You know, it's, it's like our, we're fulfilling our calling. And I think that's where the, that yes, 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 yes comes in. Or even people in a church where the, the minister's up front and, and, and as he's speaking, you know, you hear from the audience and the choir behind him or her. Amen. Amen. You know, it's, it's like <laughs> yeah. everybody is in it together. And uh, to me, that's that's what's so important. That's actually living A Course in Miracles. That's actually the a title you use, Living A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. It's not, you don't have studying A Course in Miracles uh, or uh, memorizing A Course in Miracles. It's living A Course in Miracles. And and with any spiritual path, it's it's all about the living it. It's not if it's divorced from the teachings in any way where things are spoken about as an intellectual understanding or an as if, then, then that's not really it. It's not really it. Right. Exactly. Well, and it's, it's uh, interesting that you uh, brought that up because one of the things I was thinking that I'd like to ask you about first was, it's 
So we're, we're talking about your beautiful book, This Moment Is Your Miracle. And uh, I'm going to do something probably most people wouldn't do, but it's just what I felt called to do is to ask you to speak first about what's towards the end of the book, extending from within. Extending from within is, um, to me, it's so life-changing. It's so critical for us to learn this uh, or re- remember this skill that we have, this healing, uh, I don't know, uh, healing opportunity that's always presenting itself to us. Would would you be willing to uh, share a bit about what you mean by extending from within? Yeah, to me, what is within is what is given of the spirit. And so when you are truly extending from within, it's like you're so in a state of mind. You're so in an experience. You have, you're inside of an attitude. And then whatever comes from that joyful attitude comes involuntarily. And that's what Jesus says in the Course. Miracles are involuntary. They should not be under conscious control. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, well, that sounds good. What's What would be like a contrast to that? Using teleprompters, constantly preparing notes and looking down at your notes and reading from your notes, uh, or, or just even preparing, preparing, preparing. Like if you're going to visit somebody and you're rehearsing lines in your mind, or you're going to have a phone call and you're playing it out in your mind, how it's going to go and what you're going to say and what you're going to do. None of that, as I just mentioned, is extending from within because the preparation is really putting it off as if it's something on the timeline and extending from within is not on the timeline it's literally coming from the source it's coming from your heart it's heartfelt it's it's experiential it's just pouring through uh just like rain just pouring down pouring down and you don't control the rain Everybody laughs at that scene in the Truman Show when, you know, it's contrived. The Truman Show, how when the, when mm-hmm. the rain is above him and it's contrived, uh, he he sees that it's fake. And when you're coming from with... Oh, same spot. We lost David again at the same spot. I don't know if you can hear us, David. <laughs> So I'm just going to pick up while we're waiting for David to return. Um, Lewis, you might want to message him on Skype. And uh, I'm going to share a, a little story here. Oh, there's <laughs> David, we're, we're losing you. I don't know if you can hear. We're losing you. Um. David, one of the things I encourage you to to know about David is he has been traveling around the world, in case you don't know, for more than, uh, I think, 30 years traveling around the country. And as we've talked about many times, because we both travel so, so much, um, for years he said he traveled with just a, a knapsack and not even a tent or anything. And oftentimes he didn't know where he was going to sleep or where he was going to stay. 
And so he's learned to really trust the spirit. And it's so worthwhile to be able to have an opportunity to practice that trusting and to really put your your life and your well-being into the um, metaphorical hands of the spirit. It's completely life-changing to be able to do that. I'm starting to hear David come back. Yeah. You just you jump in. Now we can, yeah. There we go. Yeah, I switched over to another network. Okay. Very good. Okay. So the rain, the rain in the Truman Show, he realizes it's fake. Yeah, he realizes it's fake. It's the set. And that's very much like I was sharing before, like using teleprompters, always referring to notes. Um, anything mm -hmm. that really keeps you on the timeline and keeps you looking for cues in the world is, mm -hmm. is not really extending from within. That's just kind of going through the motion and trying to adapt and adjust to the world. And, and that's just reinforcing the self-concept that the ego made up. I love that you're saying that because when we couldn't hear you, I was saying that uh, how you traveled around. Initially, you were traveling so constantly, couch surfing, no tent, you know, just a change of clothes. That's it. And you really learned to trust spirit. And I remember one of the things that you also shared with me uh that uh, I now share with everyone in my classes is that when you were first practicing A Course of Miracles, you took that prayer on page 28, the truly helpful prayer, which I call the purpose prayer. Um, I'm here only to be truly helpful, that you would uh, recite that prayer every time you went through a doorway. And so if you were going to the bathroom from the bedroom, you each way you were reciting that truly helpful prayer. And your life demonstrates it. So you see, this is the thing. Prayer is so, so powerful. People don't believe in the power of prayer because they've been taught about prayer where they're begging and beseeching God to give them the things they think that will make them happy. And it's, it's not a good formula. <laughs> <laughs> because we don't know what's going to make us happy. And, um, oh, are you back? Yes. Okay. All right. So uh, maybe now we can finish with the Truman Show story. Okay. Well, it just always reminds me that we just have to be, like you were just saying, so much in the prayer and so much in the trust and so much in the not knowing but show me. Uh, just lead the way and show me. And that really ignites uh, the miracle and really ignites our hearts when we do that. So to me, that's that's like the core thing through it all. We have to be tuned in. I have a whole section, a whole chapter in the book called Trust, which I, I share. It's kind of like radical trust is the only way we go into radical forgiveness. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's the gateway there. That has been true for me, David. I don't, I don't know if I've ever shared this with you, but um, I had an experience, uh, I think it was 2007, where I, I knew that it was time for me to be full-time with my ministry and to give up uh, my part-time gig that was paying my bills. And so I, I 
prayed very powerfully that I would be led, guided, and directed, and that whoever was best suited for the job I had, that they would have it. And so we'd both be in our right place. And in less than 24 hours, I got an email from my employer saying, your services are no longer needed. And so... (laughs) I was like, what? That's so fast, God. I'm not prepared. (laughs) And so I decided the only way I could make that transition was to have what I called radical trust. I took a page out of Colin Tipping's book and uh, called it radical trust. And um, I just day after day, when I would start to feel panicked about money, I would say, no, this is radical trust time. This is the, this is what this is for. And I encourage everyone and anyone to, if you feel threatened, remember radical trust. That's the opportunity that you're being given in that moment is to give up trying to organize it yourself and allow spirit to find the highest and best for you. And it, it requires radical trust indeed and it feels radical why why do you think it feels so radical well it's i think we can start to realize that whatever whatever we're not giving over to the spirit we're giving over to the ego so we've been uh we become radicalized in ego beliefs and ego thinking and so when we start to trust in spirit, trust in God, then we're turning in another direction. Because the mind is very powerful, so it's mm-hmm. it's going to trust in something. Mm-hmm. And so you're either trusting in the ego or you're trusting in the spirit. And uh, that's why I think you really have to flip the switch. I, I can relate to exactly what you're saying, because I, I didn't really start to go into the fast lane with miracles or the high-speed miracles until I I was willing to start to trust in all areas of my life, not yeah. trying to manage, you know, oh, okay, I'll handle this, this, this spirit, but, but you handle that, 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 you know, it, it, that doesn't get you very far at all. It just, uh, it's still a mixed kind of message, but, um, yeah, when you really throw yourself into it in a full way, then, uh, you know, that's, that's everything. So what do you share with people, David, uh, I know you have a, a chapter in this book uh, called Finding True Guidance. How how do you know true guidance? How how can you help our audience recognize true guidance? Well, I, you know, I like that part in the course where he says, how do you feel? You know, that, that of course, you have to go into that very deeply because the ego can generate a lot of uh, pseudo feel-good uh, uh, defense mechanisms as well. But for me, it was when I be- started to become really consistently joyful and I was feeling all these little intuitions, prompts, little nudges. You know, many of us are aware of those little nudges mm-hmm. that come. And then when I would start to just follow those, it really, and, and go from one to the next, to the next, to the next, and then get into the flow of it, I started to be convinced that by my feeling of joy, of happiness, of openness, that, okay, this is the Spirit's guidance, because that's what God's will is for us, is perfect happiness. So as I become more and more consistently happy and joyful, then that's the, they say, the proof's in the pudding. The proof is in the experience. And, and when you experience those feelings consistently, that's where it is. 
for many, you know, they're, they feel like they're just waiting in the dark, you mm-hmm. know, like, like it's more of a predominant um, depression, sadness, anxiety, worry, concern. And, um, you know, I would say, uh, I would say that, that that's where you and I have, have really have a real meeting point that we are both into practical application. When you have your mm-hmm. masterful living courses, it's practice, practice, practice. When I have mm-hmm. people that I've worked with in community that have lived with me in different parts of the world, we're, we're going throughout the day. We're taking pauses to, to look at what we're feeling, to express it, to pray together, to, to really put it into full practice. And, and I do feel that's important in the sense that if people just are reading the books, any books, spiritual text or the course or anything, and they're just kind of still trying to get some kind of an intellectual grasp so they can talk the talk, Mm-hmm. and uh, write a book or do something just from that intellectual place, then it's really, I, I think they're just selling themselves short. You know, yeah. I think it's 1% principle and 99% practice. And, and I know you really mm-hmm. put that emphasis in your masterful living classes. And I just met one of your students, actually, on the, I had a call with Suzanne um, Finder down in oh, yes. San Diego area. And She's going to be hosting me with yes. the, the book down there, and and she mentioned your your seminars, webinars, and the masterful living class. And to me, you know, it was like there was a recognition again because because we're so into the practice, and mm-hmm. and um, so we'll keep blowing our our trumpets telling people to practice because we know that that it was essential for us, and we're wanting to give it away. We're wanting to give give away what's helpful. Yes, indeed. It's it's such a joy to be able to give it away and share it with people. And uh, as you were sharing, David, I was thinking about folks who they fear to trust. They fear really recognizing that the guidance will be helpful to them because it says in A Course in Miracles that God's will for us is perfect happiness, but a lot of people do not believe that. They do not think that that could even be true. Like, it's just the opposite. God is making life hard for them. A lot of people, I think, deep down, they feel that way. And so... For someone who might be in that kind of a loop where they they fear God, they fear God. What, how how can they make that transition to trust? Well, I think the first thing is is to take a look if if you have a lot of expectations that you have around that or how that's going to look. Um, that's that's one of the ways that you can start to soften that relationship with God, to make it more gentle. Mm. You know, as Jesus said, "Blessed are the meek, for they mm. shall inherit the earth." We don't want to have a harshness, a sense of having that inner critic just constantly dominating uh, the airwaves in our mind. We we need to soften up, and we need to be gentle. We need to learn to relax. And uh, that's going to be a first key to, to starting to build some trust. I think, too, uh, I do know many people who have, who have studied the course, and they're kind of like, 
it's a lot of words, it's a lot of chapters, mm-hmm. and, and they're kind of like in their hearts because they're like, well, what's the gist of this? What's what's <laughs> the message? And and I I always tell people, well, you know, it's it's about you have to bring the illusion to the truth. You can't bring the truth into the illusion. Mm-hmm. And when people have a very difficult relationship with God, a mm. lot of fear of God, and they maybe Dave, if you can hear, oh, are we back? You're dropping out a little bit. Okay. We'll try one more time to make sure that I'm not on um, any kind of a Wi-Fi here. And you know what? We're going to be going to a break in a minute. So uh, you know what I'll do is I'll I'll share a couple of things before we go to the break, and we'll pick up what you were sharing about after the break. And uh, one of the things I'd like to let people know is that uh, David's book is just about to be made available. And so you can order the book, um, and I was sharing about it. I have the link in my Spiritual Espresso blog today, uh, and we'll give you the the link. Um, you can go where you can go and um, uh, get that book. You can uh, go at davidhoffmeister.com. You can order the book there. And... So it's time for us to take a break. I'm Jennifer Hadley. You're listening to A Course in Miracles on Unity Online Radio, and we'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Welcome back. I'm Jennifer Hadley. My guest today is David Hoffmeister. And we think we worked out the technical difficulties. And uh, just before we pick up our conversation, I'd like to make a couple of announcements here. One is that uh, we're reprising my Forgive and Be Free online workshop. So it has three sections. It's live. We work uh, on the Zoom platform with video, and it's very interactive. It's profoundly healing. And I invite you to consider registering for it. It's totally free. I encourage you to consider coming with a friend, a loved one, and there's homework it's three parts over three days, and people have really been loving it. So if you'd like to get information about that, you can always go to jenniferhadley.com, Forgive and Be Free. Uh, but you can also text the word FORGIVE to the number 35227. Text the word FORGIVE to 35227 to register for the workshop. It's free, but you do have to register so we know where to send the info and the homework, etc. And then uh, if you'd like to receive my Course in Miracles free text messages, I send a message each day. Uh, the number, the way to do that is you can go to acimtexts.com or you can text the word MIRACLES to 35227. Miracles to 35227. And then uh, I also would like to let people know that the transcript of today's show will be available uh, in a couple of days 
at livingacoursemiracles.com forward slash radio. So we're transcribing all the radio shows, 370 some episodes, and we'll be transcribing this one right away. So you can have that. And uh, that's, of course, free too, free transcript of the, the broadcast today. And uh, so, David, we were talking about um, when people are afraid to trust that God actually has their best interests at heart and how to transform that consciousness of fear. Yes, yes. I think, I think it's important to realize that a lot of times people have ideas and concepts and beliefs about God, but the, the Spirit is so loving it will reach the mind in the way and the symbols that are most available and most accessible. So I was just uh, thinking back to that, what I was talking about, and I was thinking to my own experience of how uh, how the Spirit really used music and then and movies and, and actually uh, mind training through sports, through basketball and, and uh, tennis, baseball and so forth, the things that, that I was really into in terms of my worldly life, uh, the Spirit used those to gently kind of call me in deeper, uh, where that was the way that I really overcame the fear and the resistance. So that's just coming to me right now, is that the Spirit will reach you in ways, uh, just such a huge variety of ways, if, if you really just have a sincere desire for, uh, for openness and peace. Yeah, that sincere desire for openness and peace is something that we can actively cultivate that brings more benefit than we can actually conceive of. (laughs) And what, what are some simple ways, since we love to talk about practical application, what are some simple ways that you've learned to do that? Well, I actually put them in the back of the chapters of the books because um, I know prayer, different types of meditations, different types of exercises, uh, sometimes listening to music or a particular audio, following um, instructions, that 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 was part of what I wanted to do with this this book is to make it very practical. And and so for me... uh, it's good to have examples. It's good to have models and way showers. It's good to have people witnessing for something because that's all part of a, a convincing, like the spirits convincing us of how loved we are and how worthy of love. But um, just giving oneself over to these exercises, I think, uh, starts to put you in the habit of of looking more towards the experiential, mm-hmm. and uh, it takes you a little bit a nudge beyond just the conceptual because for many people um, they just stay with the concepts and then they wonder why isn't my, my heart lighting up? I really have memorized the concepts. Why, why am I not experiencing things? So, so those practical applications are, are very, very important. Indeed. Yes, they are. It's, it's, and, and it's something to hold on to. It's, it's uh, when you feel like you're uh, in the, drowning in the waves, 
um, which are a riptide of the ego, it's something to hold on to. And it's a way to very quickly transform and transcend that drowning uh, or stuck feeling. Yes, and I was talking earlier about the, the pathway of the course is really bringing the losers to the truth. So for many people, they, they're used to thinking in terms of boxes and concepts, in terms of work, in terms mm-hmm. of relationship, in terms of diet and so forth. And then people come to the course and they say, why doesn't Jesus just prescribe a diet for me in the course? As if there's one diet uh, that would... <laughs> you back to heaven or something or is there any kind of exercise routine in the course um does how can it help me transform my career uh, will it help me have a better career you know the course is not really about any of that it's really about peace of mind and coming back to that natural state of being as god created the mind in pure beingness and and pure spirit and so i think when I think of trust, for me, it was always learning to tune into guidance and let go of all my preconceptions of everything that I thought I knew. And then also Jesus would throw in a lot of travel, which I know you've had a lot of travel too. Mm-hmm. That's got to be a great mechanism. If given over to the Spirit, that will uh, wash away the self-concept uh, in, in a pretty quick way because you're pushed out of these false pseudo-ego comfort zones and and your trust just has to be like a bonfire eventually where you <laughs> can handle anything that, that, that the world seems to throw at you. Really, it's just your own beliefs coming up into awareness. But it's, uh, you know, it, it really builds the trust in a very strong way when, you, when you're not trying to fit spirituality into the pockets and the mm. concepts of, of the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And... The Course tells us that our relationships with other people are the best help for that. And you have a whole part of your book, uh, in, in, in the whole section is on relationships, miracles in relationships. And I, I really appreciate that because in our audience, uh, they are, we do, uh, I do a month of relationship classes, uh, classes, uh, radio shows uh, every February. And so uh, because, and, and, and a whole bunch of shows in between February's on relationship, because for me, for everyone, relationship is our great opportunity to transform the ego attachments and the conditioned view. And you talk about from people pleasing to true empathy, and uh, I wonder if you could help us to really understand true empathy. And is there a difference between true empathy and compassion? Um, I think probably the way that many people use the word compassion, uh, it's it still can have tinges of what the Course would call false empathy um, because it still has a bit of an out, outward focus, whereas true empathy is is getting so clear in your mind, having such a clearing experience with your beliefs and your thoughts 
that your perceptions become so forgiven and so straightened out and so clear. Jesus uses the word truth. I am, you're breaking up a bit there. I don't know if it's me or it's you. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. That that the perceptions have to be so cleared out that once they are, it's it's you actually have an experience that everything is coming from within you. And that's back to that first topic we looked at about extending from within. Um, I think they asked the famous um, mystic and sage uh, um, Ramana Maharshi one time, they were asking him, uh, how can you uh, deal with others in your life? And his simple answer right away was, there are no others. And now that's going right to the heart of it. But approaching that is you have to start to realize that every person, every relationship you seem to experience with the external world is really just taking a good look at your thoughts. So really showing you what you are thinking. And um, Mm -hmm. you are judging them as, um, you know, misbehaving or being inappropriate being out of line or whatever, then it's just showing you that there's a thought adjustment needed. There's a forgiveness needed in the mind. And so uh, it's very much a focus focus on shifting your perception through releasing ego thoughts. That's what the focus is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and talking about forgiveness, Course in Miracles lets us know that Similarly to empathy, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness. Can you uh, help us to understand better how that, why that is the truth? Yeah, all forgiveness is self-forgiveness because we could say all forgiveness is self-concept forgiveness. There's, mm-hmm. there's a divine Christ self that, that is the creation of God, and then there's the ego make-believe self-concept, which is an image. And so basically, uh, first we have to acknowledge that there's some image-making going on, and, and we can also start to acknowledge that, that these images that involve the body, the world, all kinds of overlays about the, the, the weight of the body or the size of the body or the abilities of the body, they're all overlays of a self-concept that is being dissolved, or you might even say dismantled. Mm. This is really, it's not a very comfortable process because the ego is fighting and kicking and spitting all along the way as it's being um, dissolved. It just wants to exist, and yet God didn't create it, so that's going to, in the end, be an impossibility. So I think self-forgiveness, for me, when I, when I hear those terms together, it's talking about the make-believe self and in the end, you know, even being a spiritual aspirant is a concept or being a, a student or teacher of A Course in Miracles, these are all just concepts that eventually have to evaporate and dissolve, and um, it takes a lot of faith and determination to go all the way with that uh, dissolving. Yeah, it does. It takes a lot of faith, trust, faith, determination, and what has helped me so much, David, is to know that spirit cannot fail. 
Yes. Spirit is there for us. <laughs> That's our bedrock. And our, we don't have to do it. We let spirit do yeah. it. And in fact, Jesus tells us you can't do it. I Like in that section, you know, where he talks about you can't even do it. You can't even do it. So I feel like he's saying, sweetheart, my love, sit down and just decide it will be done for you. Allow it to be done for you. You don't have to lift a finger. You just have to say yes, 100%, or even more than 50%. Be more willing than unwilling. Yeah. Yeah, it's great to even think of the story of the, the scribe of A Course in Miracles, Helen Shuckman, because... It wasn't easy for her. That that was seven years of intensity of Ugh. of scribing this book and uh, go, re-going over passages over and over. And at the end, you know, I think uh, she was kind of in relief um, that it was it was done. Mm-hmm. And I think she had this feeling like, okay, mission accomplished. I did what you asked me to do and what I agreed to do. And then... In the end, Jesus is like, well, it really wasn't about the book. It was, it's just, I love you. You know, it's, the I love you is underneath everything. And for the mind that is so identified as a human, that, you know, sometimes people say that humans are more human doings than human beings because they're so identified with the body and the actions and the behaviors and accomplishments. But in the end, it's quite amazing to think that there's just, this pool of deep love underneath all of that. And when all of that just kind of blows away like uh, like leaves blowing in the wind, uh, that bedrock of love is still there. That innocence is still there. That, that true spiritual freedom is always the basis that's underneath everything of this world. And it encourages us to really let go of, of trying to be the doer. Let go of trying to be the doer and trust. Mm. And Mm. I know from my own experience, it took me a long time to get the hang of that. You know, all my resistance and reluctance came up. And for a period of several years, I prayed uh, every day to release the resistance and the reluctance to having the very thing that was my heart's desire. Just the ability to trust. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm glad you did. It's been a blessing for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> so Me too. And and, and <laughs> it's it was so crazy making for me, David, that I would pray for guidance. The guidance would come and I'd think, yeah, I don't want to do that. Um and you know, and maybe half the time I would say, no, I'm not doing that, not doing that. And it would just be simple things, simple things like go to the store now. Don't wait till tomorrow. No, I don't feel like going now. And then, of course, the next day I'd realize, oh, I should have gone yesterday. I don't have time to go now. Oh, no, yeah, I should have, you know. And so about a million of those kinds of events taught me to pray just to be willing to receive what I had asked for, <laughs> for heaven's sake. Yeah, yeah. I know it. It, it is very humbling. I mean, that, <laughs> you get all those opportunities, and then when you start to realize, hmm, maybe I should pay more attention. You know, it's very humbling because 
you know, it's like, it's almost like we've been in the, believe we are in the driver's seat. And then eventually we get convinced that it's better to be a passenger and be carried along like the footprints in the sand story, you know, Mm -hmm. Jesus, let Jesus and let the spirit be in the driver's seat. And that does take a lot to let go of that because we all our conditioning was about, you know, you're in charge and take, take control of your life and, and be, be the master of your own destiny. And, and actually uh, it's more of like a, a surrender that brings us into our true destiny instead of um, trying mm-hmm. to control the world, which is very, very different. Yes. I've had a number of conversations recently with people because this, uh, my, my, some of my prayer partners, they like to pick a word for the year. So, uh, my word for the year is surrender and, uh, sharing that with some other people. And they were like, Ooh, that, ah, I don't know about that. Surrender. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, it's so associated with defeat in this world. Yes. <laughs> the, the one right? who surrenders in the war is the loser. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, to me, it's it's surrendering the fight for sure, and uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I'd like to ask you about something else, David. I was I was contemplating this uh, over the weekend, uh, a few days ago, of uh, the insidious ways that separation is um, kept in in our in the forefront of our minds and we don't even realize it so i was thinking about things like um so the name of your book the ever present miracle of now this moment is your miracle now the the ever present miracle of now is the uh um introduction but the name of the book is this moment is your miracle so i was thinking about that this moment is your miracle and how we tend to operate as though the miracle is going to be in the future it's not now it's going to be in the future we have to do something now to earn the miracle and that uh we're the 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 ego thought system is one of the good is always in the future. It's never where we are now. And how to to identify when we're affirming that belief with things like, oh, I'm really looking forward to uh, this thing in the future, or I'm dreading this thing in the future. Uh, just different ways that we can bring ourselves into actually accepting calling forth, receiving, allowing the miracle now. Yeah, you know, I, I have pondered that too, and and I think there's just like this intuitive draw into, um, I think we're, we're just inspired by anything that reminds us of, of humbleness, mm-hmm. anything that reminds us of simplicity, uh, of a sense of uh, freedom and spaciousness. And and the insidious part is there's a part in our mind that always is like concerned about an image, like a public image. It's pride. I'll just call it mm. pride. Mm-hmm. And, and pride is very insidious because it's almost like it, it, it doesn't rest. It just stays like this active subroutine or program in your mind. And 
I had to laugh a couple of days ago because, you know, in, uh, in science, Einstein was very famous for, you know, E equals MC squared, you know, the, the equations. Somebody had posted a, um, a, an equation on Facebook for, uh, I think it was for narcissism. And, and, <laughs> and narcissism is, uh, is a selfies, a selfies per minute or something. Number of selfies per minute. And <laughs> I was just laughing so hard because I thought that really kind of hits it on the head with um, this idea of pride. Um, this idea of trying to hang on to uh, to the images and and to an image of self and mm-hmm. polish it and and you know like with resumes and this and uh, what's your public profile and have you updated this and this it's almost like there's a formula for uh, it's now it's become incorporated into into survival and. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just remembered how humble the spirit is. You know, the spirit is, it doesn't take a form, so it's not like it never is the body. And so mm-hmm. it, it can never be popular or unpopular. You know, <laughs> it, it sounds kind of funny. Oh, that's an unpopular spirit or a popular spirit. <laughs> because there's, it has nothing to be popular or unpopular with. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's empty of those things. It's just pure love and light. And so when I think of this moment as your miracle, I really feel like it, it is this place where you are just so turned over, so surrendered into just accepting what is. And all the great traditions have said, let all things be exactly as they are, and, and all things work together for good, and all those beautiful sayings that we, we mm-hmm. love so much, they're all based on just pure acceptance, not trying to maintain any sort of image. And I actually find that delightful. I find mm-hmm. that energizing. I am full of joy and vitality because I'm not wasting my mind's energy on trying to maintain something uh, or perpetuate something. That sounds exhausting to me. Before, I mean, it sounded actually kind of natural, but now it's, it's just, I can't even imagine going in that direction. It, it is exhausting, yes, and it's distracting from what what is uh, truly helpful. Yeah, dr- oh, there you are. That okay. time you had some <laughs> announcements to make, so I'm. I um, do. Thank you, David. And uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, it's wonderful to have David here. You can go order his new book at davidhoffmeister.com. This Moment is Your Miracle. David has a number of wonderful books, really beautiful healing to read. And uh, so many audios, so many things. Sign up for everything David has. You'll, you'll not regret it. And i just like to mention that I've got two events coming up in March. Uh, John Mundy and I are reprising our teacher training, How to Create and Lead a Workshop, and you'll be certified in How to Lead My Forgiven Be Free Workshop. And I was just talking yesterday with folks who uh, are were there in, we, we did it last year and they're out there leading their forgiveness workshops and it's beautiful. And then uh, Lisa Natoli, Corinne Zupko, John Mundy and myself are leading a healing retreat. David couldn't come. We asked him um, to, uh, and the, 
topic is spring clearing. So you can check that out at jenniferhadley.com. And let's all place our hands on our hearts and be grateful and thankful that God is leading us every day, every way. And we are grateful to accept it and share the benefits with all. In gratitude, we bless David Hoffmeister and ourselves, and we say yes. So it is. Amen. 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 Have a great rest of your week, everybody.